Welcome to the Foyne Jones Show Survival Special. In this mini-series of my podcast, I'll be talking to the industry's most charismatic leaders about the impact coronavirus has had on their daily trading. We will discuss their battle plans to fight back and share advice and guidance on how we can stay positive and optimistic in the most trying of times. Welcome to the next episode of my podcast. This is the Foyne Jones Show, Lisa Survival Specials. Today, I'm joined back on the show. I've got Graham Jackson back with me. Graham, how are you? I'm okay, Peter. How are you? Strange I, times. I am rocking and rolling, mate. You before we started recording, you broke broke the terrible news to me that Fulham Football Club have got a couple of players testing positive for COVID-19. Uh, we will be talking about Fulham. Everyone knows we will. We will be talking about Middlesbrough Football Club. But I think what we're gonna do, Graham, is we're going to reflect on some of your postings and content recently online on LinkedIn and the conversations you're having because it's a it's changing times for a market and industry you're so passionate about the retail world Graham it's times are changing aren't they yeah they are look I, I, I obviously everyone knows I left uh, Bell uh, well over a year ago now and um, uh, was doing pretty much business consultancy strategy growth a little bit of digital marketing as well thrown in COVID hit in February, and um, I've just seen a very great change in the market, if I'm honest. If you ignore the fact that that there was already um, difficulties in some areas of the market, where we are now is people are having to emerge from a period of no cash flow, no customers, um, into a world where customers and consumer behaviors change totally, Peter. You know, and then the touch points for your business now are your social media content, your Instagram postings, your website design, your video content, and, and all of those are behind the um, the starting line. Hmm. So for guys like me, you're almost having to re-educate yourself as well. I'm, I'm lucky because I came from a music retail background and got exposed oh, I remember, to... I remember, I remember the story on my podcast, Graham, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the record store, to all, all the way through. It was the, it was the Brits and the Mobos to, to Ikea on the North Circular Road, mate. I remember it well. If I'm honest, uh, seeing Kylie doing uh, her stuff. Um, look, it's, it's one of those things is many businesses now, they have a an initial period where they've got to deal with the here and now, which is you know, make sure their business is solvent, make sure they've got the, the customers that they had leads from followed up on. But it's then how do they change from where they are now to meet the demands of a customer, which because that customer's behaviors are not going to totally go back to where they were. Mm. Um, yeah, you talk about the customer's behavior is not going to go back to, 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 to how it was. No, nothing's going to be the same again. Business will not be as usual, it will be it's going to be different. But, but you know, one of the things I've been really picking up on recently is that you know, retailers, KBB showrooms, big merchants, you know, businesses in, in that, that, those arenas, they've got a duty of care not just to protect their staff. But to actually protect their customers and their suppliers now, so so that's that's a huge game changer in terms of in terms of what you're thinking about because you know you're thinking about health and safety in terms of in terms of the yard, the stock there. But now you're thinking about that real responsibility to to stop this virus coming back. And 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 how, how do you even begin to think about that? Well, do you know what? I, I'm a lifelong retailer. My daughter works in retail as well, and I've seen varying um, actions by varying retailers. But if you're just sensible and pragmatic about this, um, the KBB industry, generally most stores are 
are fantastic. So we have a great industry with showrooms that are lovely. The biggest single challenge is many of those showrooms are smaller. So it's only the social distancing part that is the key driver in this. Providing you use correct, sensible um, controls, allow entry to be controlled, make sure that your staff wear, in the shorter term, wear masks and use hand gels, and the customers sit a reasonable distance away. I think it's perfectly capable to have a showroom that is operational and functional. Hmm. And it would be a real shame if the industry um, lost the fact that those showrooms are inspirational places to visit. So, and that members, and you know, there is still going to be a need for, even though Zoom and Teams and, and WhatsApp um, are fantastic mediums, just occasionally someone wants to go in and touch the, the granite and, and feel the uh, textures and look at the colors uh, face up. So I think it is possible to trade in smaller stores, but I think the people running those stores need to clearly uh, identify where the risk points are and put controls in place. And those controls are not rocket science. Um, no. How long will you need them? The, the challenge is COVID's not going to go away, is it? No. So it'll still be there in three months and six months. And perhaps we're just learning that retailing should be a bit more hygienic and a bit more controlled in the first place. Yeah, um, I, think, I think I think that's that's important. I think there's I think there's basic standards there that we're all going to learn. But we all we all are learning about the new normal. Graham, for me, that's painted a really spot on accurate picture of the challenges that the KBB industry is going to face. And we've also got something which is really troubling me, and that's the the daily increasing population of people that have been victims of this crisis in terms of job seeking. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm having more and more conversations or messages with, and it can be heartbreaking at times. And and I'm not I'm not trying to undervalue it, but but it's you know there's only so much support you can give when the industry's not recruited again. So so we are in danger if we're not careful. And I spoke about this to Gary Baker. I spoke about this to Damian Walters in the last couple of podcasts. And, you know, we're in danger of losing like a generation of workers, a generation of designers and installers and fitters and, and showroom managers, because there may not be a market for them. I mean, I mean, where do you see, how do you see it panning out in, in the years to come? Do you think we will we'll lose them forever or, or will there be a way to hold on to some of the better people? I'm, I'm more optimistic, if I'm honest. I think um, we need some positivity, Mr. Jackson. Yeah, look, I think the talented designers will always be wanted. Um, the downside to that is if you're not that talented, then you're going to be at the bottom of that list. Um, showrooms uh, at the moment are having to be pragmatic. And whether that was Wren making people redundant uh, early or people furloughing people until October and then making a decision on a more balanced uh, revenue stream then. Um, so hopefully we'll find that there is pent-up demand. Um, how that pent-up demand comes through the store is how it's going to change, Peter, because I, I think there was a mass rush of, do we open the store? Don't we open the store? Um, how many staff do we know? How many? Whereas actually much of that design work can move online now. And, you know, as a good example of this, and uh, People might ridicule me here. I, I have an outdoor kitchen business that's in its startup because COVID got in the way. But we've got a few clients on the go at the moment. And I use a designer in Brazil. So Paula is the best kitchen, outdoor kitchen designer I could find. Um, 
she uh, returns the work quicker than anybody I've ever worked with. The quality of the work and the video uh, walkthrough she does is immense. Um, and she's cheap <laughs> in the sense of the exchange rates benefit us from here in Brazil. So if we can do the type of rendering she's doing, then showrooms can use um, those skills as well. And that means if people do not physically have a showroom to work in, there's going to be lots of work out there for freelance designers um, because most of the design work is going to be done digitally. So, so, so that's, some, that's something I'm really, I'm really passionate about because look, I've seen what what she does from Brazil. So I've, I've seen the renders, I've seen the designs, and, and to be honest, mate, who who wouldn't want an outdoor kitchen? Yeah, you know? I mean the, the whole the whole concept. If you've got the space, mate, you know that 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 is going to be part because we are all like it or not, we're going to spend less time i think in the pub gardens and we're going to be spending more time at home i mean i say this every podcast and i'll probably be sending me listeners to sleep but i've ate better we've ate more as a family we've ate better we've drunk more which isn't necessarily a good thing but we've exercised more than we've we've ever done before i mean we, we spoke the other day graham and you know you was out you was out walking your dog and you're in the countryside and i was saying that you know i've discovered the sussex downs and like 10 minutes from my front door and i'm actually going up there now going wow look at a view i mean i've lived down here 10 years it's embarrassing <laughs> you know I mean? you need a as well mate and another I, think, um, I think there's there's a an opportunity isn't there of we've got um used to now i think quality family her time if there's an industry that's going to suffer it's probably the travel industry the travel industry's got its own challenges of how it, um, uh, and to a degree, um, brought upon by itself because of, of the way they seat people and such like. But people are going to be uncomfortable on aeroplanes. They're going to spend that money they would have spent going to Florida or the Far East on their home. And if that gives an opportunity for kitchens, bathrooms, outdoor kitchens, patios, awnings, whatever you choose, the reality is the best showrooms and those that are um, uh, visible will benefit from that because I, I'm certainly spending money on my home um, and I'm ordering most of the stuff online. Mm. Uh, I've had recently a couple of meetings with clients, but most of those meetings have been Zoom meetings or team meetings or or things of that video On our world-leading video recruitment technology meetings. <laughs> well, no, you're way ahead of me. I'm, I'm yeah, an amateur. Go, go, go to side though, Graham. You go, go in, and do you know what the the diversifying the the, the 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 reality is that we are we have now woken up. The world has woken up to video technology. My my mother, you know, she doesn't. I don't see my mum that well. We're, we're not as close as potentially potentially I was with my nan and my granddad, but she she lives in Hertfordshire and. You know, she does have a mobile phone, bless her. And, you know, we are now talking on Skype. We are now doing things that we would never have done. You know, and she's talking to her grandchildren. And it's like you're seeing people now waking up to it. The adverts are quite moving on the telly when you see people there. And this technology, is it's been part of the younger generation's life. This is this is all they know. So it's coming into retail. It's Designers are designing from home. Business owners have got to kind of get used to that. How much work do you think uh, consultancies like you, like, like you, Graham, like the GJ consultancy and what you do, will have to do in terms of the education piece? So you're educating business owners that it's okay to have someone part home based, part in the showroom. They don't need to clock in and clock off and 
you know, because that 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 I see as the automatic as a real challenge to 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 get the hearts and minds okay and the acceptance of of that being different. I think it's hard. I, I think um, it's very interesting. I, I I was chatting to a, a client of mine this morning who has just taken over the running of a showroom from from his mother, and um, he's got a totally different mindset. I'd say the majority of people who are my age. Um, still are relatively uncomfortable with the productivity that comes out of trusting people to work from home. Yeah. Um, and look, as somebody who's had to work from home for the last year because I couldn't afford an office, um, the fundamentals of it are sometimes it's productive and sometimes your dogs bark or someone comes to the door. So there can be interruptions. But if you're diligent and you're hardworking, do you know what? There's no difference at all in working from home as working. Uh, in fact, sometimes it's easier. Um, I think the mindset change is one of, of giving people confidence that, uh, and it may well have happened in the last 10 weeks or so, that actually, do you know what? People can be trusted to work from home and they'll still produce that high quality. Historically, I'm from the old school of, of, you know, I had to clock in, I had to clock out. And, you know, that was, you know, and then, that changed slightly when you become a sales rep because you've got your freedom. And and Mark Tanner, you know, I still call Mark Tanner boss. And he used to say to me, Jonesy, you know, I'm going to give you your rope. Off you go. You know, I'm going to trust you. But if you let me down, you hang yourself. You, you know, you you've got to you've got to earn that trust. And that's something I've I've took into my business. And and we've been you know pioneering and celebrating the fact that that my recruiters can work from home they can be creative on their hours they can do the school run if they want they can watch the school play they don't have to be in early doors they can pick and choose it to actually be available when when Graham Jackson needs them. I mean, if Graham Jackson wants to talk to them about recruitment at, at 7 30 in the morning before a nine o'clock board meeting or he wants to talk about interviews at six o'clock in the evening well they're two really good windows when you've got time to talk to us. So why don't I do something really creative and just let my team be available then and have some time off during the day? And, and well, that, that, that's the, weekends. The, and uh, then we, the fundamentals of it is people, people haven't been flexible enough anyway. Yeah. Um, so if you think of, of our industry and, and the rest of retailing, the predominant um, showroom, and Bell was a great example because we had 70 employees, they're nearly all part uh, full time, and those full time roles are quite rigid, and the skill sets in amongst them are often rigid as well. I think what we're going to see, because of the necessity to be much more flexible with the cost base of showrooms, is is more freelancing, more flexibility in contracts, more willingness from employers to embrace um, retaining talent in whatever form that needs to be. And Did you, know think you hang on to the most talented people. If they'll only be able to do 24 hours a week, that 24 hours a week, there are there are downsides, but the upside is you retain the best people. Um, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I, 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 as, as only my own business, I, I quickly back in 2005, six, and you know, in, in, in those glory days before before 2010, when, when everything was a wonderful place. And, uh, you know, I, I quickly realised that it wasn't about how many deaths are in front of the river and, and how many people you got there. It's actually what was being achieved. And and I've never been, you know, I appreciate KPI, KP, KP, KPIs, and I understand that you need the dashboard. But reality to me is if you make three brilliant phone calls and you achieve something in those and they make a difference, the rest of the time we can we can catch up and we can do what we need to do and and you need that fun element but it's 
but I do think, I mean, you, the three, three words you mentioned there, right? Education, flexible, and freelancing. You know, if you can educate if you can educate people that are employed or being employed that there is a different approach and there needs flexibility on both ways because you might not be able to to work from home from the get-go you might need to sort of establish again what it looks like and how it works and and there but you can collaborate and do things more freelance and outsource and working working partnerships i think there's huge potential and something i've been desperate to ask you but i've saved it for the podcast graham is some of the some of the beautiful showroom spaces we see, you know, they're they're on the best postcodes or they're in the best postcodes or the best high streets and they're the best locations. But those sites are going to become a real real burden now in terms of cost. Do you believe that there will be, you know, flexibility where a a kitchen showroom will introduce a bathroom partner and a bathroom partner will introduce do you can you see collaborations like that or am i being too optimistic Look, that I, ever I think that's an interesting one but the majority of kitchen showrooms are too small to diversify that dramatically but for those with a bit of vision um if i'd had the uh the the uh, get up and go at bell i would have opened more bell stores which were mixed product one-stop design centers um in the in the retail market at the moment probably neptune do that quite well um there's no doubt at all that there's a need for people to diversify slightly but the first thing you've got to be is really clear that you're the best at what you're doing in the first place so if i'm a yeah. kitchen retailer and i'm really good at what i'm doing i'm clear who my customer is i'm absolutely clear my product offers right my leads and pipeline are strong there's absolutely no reason in some ways to add anything on but if you then think well i've got that customer i might as well sell them the other things they need which might be the interior design side or an outdoor so you know increasingly bifold doors mean you lead outside i'm fitting outdoor kitchens as part of my conch living business onto porcelain tiles that somebody else laid doing the interior kitchen um and i the whole thing is merging to one so yeah. my, my view would be that the really entrepreneurial kitchen businesses uh, or bathroom businesses there is an opportunity to offer more physical goods but also services that will enable um that customer to get better value from the one location and you don't need 20,000 feet you need Four thousand or three thousand. Yeah, the beauty of that there, and and where that magic happens for me, is that it's the strength of that relationship. It's the trust. It's the it's the customer believing in you, your services, your ability to design, your ability to create create a dream, yeah. and then actually make turn that into reality. Uh, that 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 would really excite me if I, if I was looking at it there. And some of the the best conversations we were having pre-crisis and certainly during lockdown and, and isolation crisis now, you know, the, 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 the people that stand out, out to me are the ones that are thinking about how they will go, how they will be different moving forward. They, they don't want to necessarily go back to how they were. They want to have a different appreciation of work life, but they're also realising, look, I, I'm really good at building these relationships. They stay with me for a long time. So what else can I introduce? How else can I take advantage of them? And and I think with the right guidance and support, 
which you know Graham Jackson, Joe Jackson can offer, others can offer. Businesses can really wake up to the new possibilities. And for you, Graham, so I know you want to include this, and, I, and it's something I'm really big about. You've seen it from the tours, virtual tours we're part we're doing now. The, the taking advantage of their digital presence, their online presence, and their their content that that's that's something we all have to really take much more seriously now, and actually have a plan and some meaning behind it, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Look, I think I mean I'll give you another good example. I have a, a friend or a client at the moment who's based in the northeast of England. He has a really really high end fires and stove shop, Peter. Um, Fires and stoves have taken a bit of a downturn, particularly wood burning stoves. So he's diversifying. He's looking at what can he bolt on. There's a bit of interior design gone in. There's some internal furnishings. Um, but then he's doing outdoor and he's doing outdoor properly. And I'm advising him on that. I'm giving him an understanding of what the market is, what products would fit. Um, and he's doing it in a really structured, sensible way with a cash flow uh, projection and revenue projections and measurable sort of KPIs. But he's still being brave because he's understanding that one market will be able to um, leverage that customer coming in to, to buy other things. If you look at that, that would be absolutely useless if he then didn't communicate that effectively as a brand. So he understands his brand. He's diversifying and he's going to tweak the uh, the strap line to his brand. But he's putting together a web um, content change and a social media campaign because he's very active on things like Instagram um, and Facebook, particularly those two media. Um, and he's very focused on ensuring that the work he does internally, his customers get to see and that yeah. he attracts new customers. And he's working with influencers and vloggers and bloggers as well. So to me, the, the biggest single thing in the market now is don't disappear because of COVID. If you've mm. been closed for 12 weeks or 10 weeks or eight weeks or you're not opening till June the 15th, don't think that people are just going to turn up at your door again because you were there five years before. Mm. Because your competitors are out there doing more than you. And you don't have a good idea. No, no one's got a God-given right because of postcode or location or product to expect to sell, have they? They've got to be um, proactive about their brand and passionate about their brand and be clear that the messages they're giving um, are consistent across all the platforms they work on and when you visit the store as well. And, and to do that, you really have to understand who you, what your brand is. Who, you know. uh, Graham, I've got like, you talk about, you know, what people, some people have disappeared off the face of the earth during, during lockdown. Others have been really visible. I think we, and I, I spoke about this with Damien, I think we've, We've suddenly forgot to be kind in the last week or so. We've suddenly, uh, you know, there's been a bit of a change back to maybe it's Mr. Cummings, maybe it's other things, but we we seem to not be so kind online as we were before. I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of negative noise, but but you've been keeping yourself pretty busy during lockdown, haven't you? I know you bust your ankle and uh, <laughs> you, you hurt yourself, but but in terms of work, you've been keeping yourself busy because almost every time you put out one of your one of your lights or one of your outdoor kitchens or one of the things that you're working on, I get Mrs. Jones saying, look at that, Graham's got this, that's nice. I'm like, for crying out loud, Graham, stop putting this stuff out. It's going to cost me a fortune. But but did you did you go into lockdown with a, with a strategy in mind? Did it, did it roll itself come naturally? Because the big question, I guess, is how have you coped so well? Because you seem like really positive where others have been 
really high, really low. So is there is there a secret to keeping yourself positive? Um, actually, I'm a good actor. Um, so wow. when I when I first came out of um, this, I was reasonably balanced because I went to the KBB with Sophia. Um, uh, and whilst COVID was serious, it wasn't going to have a major impact at that stage and nobody anticipated being closed for eight to 12 weeks. And then I broke my ankle gardening because I'm overweight and certainly shouldn't have been doing all the um, hard work I was doing. And that, that made me have a real downer, if I'm honest, because I couldn't walk. I was in a boot. Um, I couldn't really find a position I could use laptops and things because my leg had to be raised all the time. And and for four weeks or five weeks, I disappeared myself, Peter. Um, mm. And I, I sort of um, came out of that gradually. And, and now I can walk and I'm taking dogs for walks and things again. And actually, I just decided that um, disappearing is the worst thing you can do. And that there's more to life than, than being quiet. So I'm not naturally a quiet person. Um, I decided that I... Um, I had to be much more vocal about what I felt passionate about, which was one of the things I saw in this um, this thing was a coming together of the KBB merchant industry. So that kindness that you talked about that's sort of slightly dissipated. Um, only, listen, only, only in pockets. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong completely, it's but good. there's been a trend in the last few days. It's been good because um, they all need each other. You know, shops need suppliers who need uh, if you're a wholesaler you need suppliers you need manufacturers you need marketeers you need consultants the business rotates around the fact that um everyone is involved in the same thing that they've got a lot of passion or skills and different competences for so for me what i decided to do was get back out and start doing my business consultancy again because that's what i'm good at and it's what i've got vast experience in what I may do for four weeks, if I'm honest, is I, I messed about with some uh, products that I, um, I have some passion for as well. I, you may see me advertising lighting and things. That's because I, I work as an ambassador for those brands and I do some um, social media and publicity for them. Um, but I, if you ask me what I, I think you are now, I think I'm still behind the starting line because I really only started recommunicating what Crane Jackson does about four weeks ago. Um, well, well, because I, I never thought you went away, Graham. Do you know what I mean? You, you were very quiet after Fulham, Hammer, Middlesbrough at Craven Cottage. Well, we did Hammer you. We, we played, I know you didn't make the game, but we played like the Harlem Globetrotters for the first 20 minutes of that match. We should have been 10 up. And, uh, we only ended up hanging on for a 2-1 win. But um, you was quiet after that, after that game. And, yeah, I look back there and I had Ian and Alan down from Middlesbrough, or, you know, and, and it was, it was just seemed like a, it seems like a different time. Yeah, you wouldn't think it was a few months ago. We're in such a different place now. And do you know what? Your, your positivity and passion for, for supporting KBB and businesses and, and being a consultant, being a friend, being a mentor, that, that's kind of motivating and inspiring for me because I believe that there's, 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 there's skills and traits and things I've learned on the journey that on my journey that that I can share with others and give advice and and I've been encouraged by by some of the guests on my podcast to do more of it and and these are people that that are being kind they are being supportive the the Richard Hibberts the Simon Bosworth the Sophia's the Stephen Johnson's you know, people that are well respected that are 
that are sharing their personality, the challenges they're having, but they are still trying to help others with their business heads on. They're not doing it, you know, for they're not doing it for their for their health. They're doing it with business head on. But there's there's passion and warmth, and I think for me that's what makes the industry still feel so special. And if you heard Colin Wong talking about his what he believes designers could be considering for the future and how passionate he is about the beauty of design and creativity, you come away thinking we've got so much to be inspired about. And if we can take pockets of that and offer something back to a standalone business, a chain of businesses, different people with different entrepreneurial stages of their journey, well, how powerful would that be, Mr. Jackson? That'd be, that'd be superb, wouldn't it? Look, I, I think it's an industry that's full of talent. Um, it's it's um, it's energetic at its best, um, and it'll get back to that best in due course. And and now's the time really for people to galvanise um, and to start to look at their brand again. And and actually, do you know what? Whilst you've got to do all the COVID you know best practice, start thinking about your business again, and start thinking about your customer again, and start thinking about how you're um, you're going to reach those customers, and then. If you can manage to get those customers to your door, we can worry about whether the mask is the right mask or the gloves are the right gloves. So this is much more now about a wake-up call for the industry again of, you know, suppliers need retailers to sell, whether that's online or in-store. Suppliers are useless without that retailer being successful. It's in the yeah. supplier's interest to support the retailer. It's absolutely in the retail retailer's interest to want suppliers who are supportive of them. We'll get through the cash flow issues, Peter. And uh, great design never disappears, and people always want beautiful homes. So it's going to come out of this, and it will be a slow curve. Um, I'm not saying, by the way, that it'll all end up back in shops. I still think that there'll be a move significantly to online showrooms. I have an interior, an exterior design business. I don't have a showroom. Um, yeah. So I think there will be, but the best showrooms and the good showrooms. And those niche showrooms that understand their brand and their customer, they'll all still be there in a year's time and they'll be flourishing. Um, and most of them will have done quite a lot of work making sure that their digital brand is as strong as their shop. And that, and that digital presence, that that ability to, to, to not just have an on, you've got to have a presence, but then you've got to do something with it. You've got to be putting content out. Like you said there, you can, you can work with a good influencer. You can work with a bad influencer. You can burn a lot of money. You can make a lot of money. And there, there, there is risk and reward in any strategy. Um, but the, the power of online now and that being, you know, for me, it's it, to, to be able to go asleep at night knowing that something is still working for me and I could and I could turn, work, turn, turn, turn on in the morning and there's, there's people want to talk to me about different services or, or opportunities I'm working on. That, that's, that, that keeps you going and it, and it makes you want to do more and give more. So from a, from a Graham Jackson perspective, um, when you're looking and you're you're talking to your you're talking to your clients, you know, where you're consulting, is there is there like some basic advice, some real real simple steps you're saying to them at the moment? If you take all of what we've spoken about, what would be the what would be the three things for you that every business owner should be doing right now, mate? This is the question you never put me on the spot with. Um, look, I, of course I think not. If I was looking, I, I've just done an action plan for a retailer. Um, so if you take that, there's only five points on it. The first one is to review the business as it currently stands. Um, so review its visibility from the customer's viewpoint. 
So we can all do a financial review and look at our cash flow and our, our lead generate. But I'm actually saying step back, look at your shop, look at your website, look at your social media content and be completely. And how many people actually do that? No, well, like you don't. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. I, I, you know, I might be being generalistic, but it, it takes time to do. Um, but actually, if you take your head off of being, you know, John Pertwee and Russell Gummidge and say, I'm not the owner, I'm somebody who's thinking of shopping here, you literally take an objective black and white view of saying, what does my shop front look like? What does the content inside look like? If someone walks through the door, what does it look like? Does my website reflect that? And is it exciting? Is it clear? Is the messaging right? Is it easy to find in the first place? Um, and then are my social media posts and the content and the image reflecting the other two things? And if we forget that the whole point of these three things is lead generation, the reason you have it is those customers have no divine right to come to your shop, but you want them to. So they're going to come to it because I'm sitting here with my smartphone. You're sitting there on your laptop. I've got my laptop behind my smartphone today. I've got another smartphone sitting in another room. I'm constantly on there now. The touch point is always search online, check. And if you're not in that um, jungle, you won't be found. And, and, and I guess there, you know, when I mean, I really like that point one, that you review, review visibility through the eyes of a customer, you know, because because ultimately that, that's what's going to give you your inbound market. You know, you want it coming to you. You want that inbound, don't you? So, so that, that's good. That, I mean, that's... I think I think the, 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 no one would disagree with the sentiment because everyone knows that's right. The challenge, I guess, for you is to get the businesses to actually execute that and do that, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it can be daunting. If you're not that au okay with digital technology, um, it can feel scary. And it also, people worry about the cost. But you know what? You can rebuild a website for a few hundred quid. Um, go go ahead. Don't, I don't want to give all your secrets away because that's not... <laughs> Not the point of this podcast, but just run me through quickly the other four points, mate. Yeah, those five. The, the second element I would look at, I think, is is more a an operational thing, which is how am I going to operate effectively in the next three months? So that takes into account day one, which is what preparation do I need to do now between now and the fifteenth, or if I'm already open, to ensure I can operate not only effectively uh, as a retail business, but safely. And safely both yeah. for the consumer, but also the member of staff as well. Um, I think the third one I would do is is put in place a very clear marketing campaign, and that would be primarily digitally based, um, and that would be mostly social media, and it would be probably mostly Instagram. Um, mm. And if I'm not skilled enough to do that myself, I'd get somebody else to do it for me. Again without giving any secrets away, it's not as expensive as you think. Um, and it takes time more than anything. But you know what? Social media is fun. Um, and done properly. It's that's, 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 you know, I get asked a lot. They're like, why, where, where did you come up with it? And I said, the video isn't, isn't the idea. The video is just, it's, it's, it's recorded. The, the work is done coming up with the ideas. That creativity of, 
of what we're going to put out and what I'm going to talk about and who I'm going to get onto my show and, and how you're going to, you know, you, it's, I, I find it absolutely so much fun. So much, in, I get so much enjoyment out of it because you could, you could try something in the morning, Graham. If it goes horribly wrong, you can put it down and replace it with something else. And you can, and you actually learn by your mistakes because, and then I, I look at it really simply. If 10 people look at something I've put out, that's 10 human beings that have viewed it. And I'm lucky enough that it's always more than 10. It's always in the, you know, it's, it's, it's significantly higher than that. But you have to start somewhere. And I start, <laughs> I started, I started a very kicking and screaming. I never had a Facebook, mate. I never, I never tweeted. You know, so, so you started doing them all. And, real, and I very quickly realized that just like you said there, Instagram is probably the right vehicle for many, many of those retailers. For me, LinkedIn is the room I need to be the loudest in because it's it's where my it's where my percent network really really hangs out. So, mate, I get it. I love social media. I love the content. I love the vlogging. People know that anyway. But I also love the people. And I think if we get more people and the personalities putting the right content out, you can turn a platform into something really inspiring. Well, it becomes and, an invigorating place to visit, doesn't it? You want interesting yeah. and stimulating content. Look, if you if you've reviewed your business from a customer's viewpoint, if you can operate effectively and safely, if you've worked out what your social media and marketing campaign is going to be, the next one I'll probably look at um, how can I grow my business as the next one? So where could I diversify? What products could I bolt on? What services could I bolt on? Where am I going to get extra revenue streams from? Um, and those are, they don't have to be as extravagant as it perhaps sounds. They're just the natural growth uh, elements. It's part of a, a marketing plan called Ansoff, which is initially you look at your own customers. Then you look at new products for the same customer. Then you look at new customers for the same products. So I think there's a, over the next three months, people should be looking at their business and saying, where am I going to get growth from? Um, and then the final one, I think, would be have a plan. So rather than this all be in your head, write it down with. Uh, I'm, I'm guilty of that. It stays in my head. Then it gets on my walls. Then when it's on my walls, I've got half a chance because it can then come into a plan. Get, things overtake you. I mean, you know, the reality of a, a written plan is it needs to be just a goal, uh, clear action points. Who's going to do it by when? And. If those are short, five or six or seven points, no more than six months long, you've got every chance of, of, of achieving it. And um, I'd keep it really simple like that at the moment. But I wouldn't be the, the most important part in there is actually people are focusing on the operate effectively and safely and perhaps forgetting the other four bits, which are where your business succeeds in the next six to 12 months. But, but I mean, you know, I'm going to summarise that for the listeners. We spoke about, you know, taking a step back and looking at looking, reviewing the business in terms of how visible you are to your target market and your customers. You spoke operational to be effective, to be safe, to be able to operate and trade and retail help safely and effectively and, and, and in the right way. Then to have a marketing campaign that encompasses and embraces and, and gets passionate about all things digital and all things social. To grow your business, you need to sell more, charge more, or sell something different to someone different. I mean, it, it doesn't get more. You know, I, mean, I grew up with a market store. That's what we did. I think the criminals do it that way as well. There's not. There's only. There's only different ways you can grow an empire, and you can grow something from where it is. So, so that that makes sense. And 
I don't know. I think they did this in the Ten Commandments or Moses, mate. If it's written, it will be done. And if you haven't got a plan, it's not It's not going to be done, Graham. So, mate, that was absolutely brilliant. So we're going to move on to a part of the podcast that might send some of the listeners to sleep or it might engage them, Graham. We're going to, we're going to kind of wrap this up. They've never heard of the championship. One of the beauties of my podcast is I, is I don't take much encouraging to bring football into it. So when I see a post from Graham Jackson yesterday that in the end actually says, but the most important part of the recording is we're going to talk about Middlesbrough Football Club and Fulham Football Club, Fulham staying down and Middlesbrough staying up. I've got to embrace that. We've got to have some fun about it. And it's so nice when, you, when you're joined by someone who doesn't support a fashionable football team. You know, I've had Richard, Richard uh, from KSL, Richard's uh, Ipswich fan, Simon's a Huddersfield fan. And you, and you kind of share the pain and you get that, you get that warmth of, of, of the false hope, but this is going to be really good for two special people who listen to the show, Ian Smith and Adam Murray, they're my LinkedIn father and my LinkedIn brother, so, you know, we, we go to football together, but they're big Borough fans. Um, from a human perspective, and putting all my, my love of Fulham and promotion, putting all that to one side, if we can't be there when we go up, and if we can't be at Wembley to win a playoff, and if it's going to be like them funny German matches I'm watching on the telly, that's that's not going to do it for me. It just isn't, isn't right. So if someone said, excuse me, you know, Mr. Championship, there's been a worldwide pandemic, pandemic, millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people in this country have lost their lives and have been a victim of this or been affected by it. And, you know, I don't want to get the stats wrong. We're going to null and void the season. We're very sorry. You know, there, there's no argument to that. It is, it is actually the, the right and proper thing to do. Look, I've got two two really strong, passionate views on football at the moment, and one is um, is it's not football I miss; it's the camaraderie and the banter and the beer before the game, and you're meeting your mates, and and in, in my case, it's going to the football with my daughter and a, a, a boyfriend. Um, it's the day; it's not the actual match, because yeah. the match more often than not this season has made me really unhappy. Um, when I was up at Middlesbrough, I watched the second half. I mean, that sounds really poncified. I'm not that type of fan. But I watched the second half because we went down. Our keeper got sent off. So we were still the better team with 10 men. But I watched the second half in the lounge with a drink on the telly. Sort of just, I was just, I was just happy to, it was a great weekend. But you are spot on, mate. Football gets in the way of a good day out with our teams, doesn't it? Look, uh, ultimately, the, the big issue, I think, that's going to crop up in the next um, few months is is the whole... Uh, sustainability of football below the Premier League. So when you're sitting there saying you're having a dreadful season as an Arsenal fan, you know, liven up. The reality of the world here is that people in the Championship are um, living day to day on a on a bread and butter situation where the revenue doesn't match the outgoings. The TV revenue from the Premier League doesn't filter down. Unless you've got parachute payments, you're knackered. And there will be many, many, many clubs that go bankrupt. Um, and I, look, I, I had that. Middlesbrough went uh, into administration in 1986. It's one of the most soul-destroying things you can ever... Mate, I, I, remember, I remember Fulham Park Rangers, mate. I mean, that, that nearly happened. Uh, you know, Jimmy Hill's safe. That, that nearly happened. The football in Divisions uh, 1, Championship, League 1 and 2. Um, lives on on really fine lines, and um, 
there is, you know, wages outstrip uh, revenue all the time. You know, I, I sadly had to go to a close friend's funeral on, on Tuesday and um, we couldn't actually go to the service because literally no, no one was allowed in. But we um, we arranged and it just shows you when football could do something special. So so we arranged for the um, the hearse to travel along Stevenage Road and stop by Craven Cottage, by the gates, by the Johnny Haynes statue. And, and there was there was few, hundreds of us there. It was really you know, all spaced out. It was really I, I was seeing people that. I haven't seen for years. Some I thought were in prison. Some I didn't even think were were, were alive. You know, but it was it was like all characters that I've known all my life from following football. So, and this guy was sort of like our older brother. He, he he always looked after us, and it was it was an amazing show of respect and humility. It was very emotional. But those people there, I shared everything with: the defeats, the wins, the trips to Europe, the highest, the lows, right, and and the defeats, and the defeats, and and you and you sit there thinking like. If we did somehow manipulate a way to go up and you weren't there to feel it, do you want it that much anyway? And I've spoke to Leeds fans that said, we've been waiting so long, let us invade the pitch and celebrate if we go up and, and have that moment. And, and I think football is about emotion and moments. And if you remember, Graham, pre-crisis and COVID and lockdown, the two big talking points were Brexit and this, VAR, right? Now, no one, we've forgotten VAR and, and Brexit, you know, it's kind of there in the distance. But but when you're, the football goes and you realise kind of how much, it, what it means to, to you and, and everything. And I, I honestly believe, I'm with you on that, it, that it, it needs to either be cancelled completely or yeah, it just need, it needs to stop. Because I don't see it working behind closed doors. And I just think that for full football fans, we just want to, you want to be part of it if you're, if you're that close. But again, we might go, we might end up in a place, ground which I don't know if it appealed to me where, you know, there's more people, the, the, the modern stadiums are empty and you're watching online and you're switching from game to game. I mean, you, they've been talking about that media is going to be coming, you know, and it, it could be the end of Sky if they're all streaming. And someone said to me, Peter, you can watch all Fulham games and you can have them streamed and that. I'd do it, but only for the games I'm not going to. I still want my season tickets, and I still want to sit in my seat. So I don't know. We don't know Most the answer. Don't go to football, Peter. The, the getting up on a morning at eight o'clock, getting in your car, having your breakfast, um, the travel to the game, the banter that that creates, the meeting with your friends in the pre-arranged pub, um, the going to the game, and sometimes the game is, you know, the games can be fantastic, but on occasions they're turgid. Um, but it doesn't spoil the day. And even if you no, the game gets in the way of a good day out, or a good evening out, doesn't it, Graham? So I come and listen. Look, we, we've got the Middlesbrough and Fulham Football Club section in, so so that's going to be great for the football fans, and not that great for the not non non football fans amongst our listeners. But what a great podcast, Graham! We we we've actually spoke about you know coming into the new normal. We've given business owners and the KBB and retail markets kind of five areas they can focus on. Um, from a Floyd Jones and a Peter Jones perspective, we've got we've got exciting things coming up, which might see us collaborating, or or will see us kind of pulling resources and personalities, which which we can announce in the coming weeks and months. So it's been really good to get you back on. Thank you so much. Have you, you enjoy coming on the podcast again, Graham? I always enjoy Peter. It's um I, I enjoy talking anyway, and you're one of the few that yeah. outshine me. You enjoy you enjoy talking, but you do it with personality. And you know what? My my podcast, I only get the chance to talk and the sound of my own voice, and there's someone on the other side. And you've got to have people that are going to bring the guests and listeners in. You're the great guest for this show, Graham. Thank you so much to everyone else. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Stay hail, stay safe.
keep healthy, be positive. We're Foy Jones. Welcome to the new normal. Bye, everybody. So that's the end of the show. We're Foy Jones. Stay safe, keep healthy, be positive, because together we will get through this.